Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being here for another episode of The Cycle Podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Allison. She is a doctor, and we talk about pelvic rehab, pelvic therapy, and some tactics to help with pain and reducing inflammation. I hope you enjoy this conversation. You're feeling well, and thank you so much for being here, as always. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cycle Podcast. I'm very excited today because we have a doctor in the house. That's right, a doctor in the house. So today is not a typical patient story, but I'm really, really excited to talk to Dr. Shikande. She is going to tell us about pelvic health, and I'm very just excited because she has more of a non-operative approach towards endometriosis, and she's her team is growing, and so thank you so much for being here today. Why don't you just give us a little intro on yourself? Sure. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me, and please call me Allison. Um, so I am a physical medicine and rehabilitation doctor, otherwise known as a rehab doctor, and I live in Florida with my two children and my husband um, and two kids who are eagerly awaiting a dog, which we don't have yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I co-founded Pelvic Rehabilitation Medicine with my husband. We did it together. And really our mission is to help raise awareness about the pelvic floor and the importance of pelvic health and endometriosis specifically has a special place in my heart because we really uh, are on the front lines of endo at PRM. So we see quite a bit of it. Yeah. So what inspired you to co-found this with your husband? How, how did it come about? Yeah. So really my final year in uh, residency in New York City, I was pregnant with my first child, my daughter, and I had severe issues with my sacroiliac joint and um, challenging prolonged labor and then postpartum had pain with intercourse, a lot of urinary urgency frequency, and then a lot of um, like constipation, pain with bowel movement. So classic pelvic floor issues postpartum. And yeah, I just really couldn't find anyone to help me. Um, and then finally, I, I found this fantastic pelvic floor physical therapist who really just saved the day and uh, really got me interested in the entire world of the pelvis and the pelvic floor. And it's just, you know, you can't see it. So it's, it's not talked about and it's kind of taboo to talk about these issues and really you don't learn too much about it in residency either. So for me, I was just fascinated by it and that's, that's how it all started. And you were probably fascinated because what you did with your therapist at that time helped you feel so much better. Exactly. Exactly. It's just, Really, you didn't uh, know, right? Coming out of like you didn't know when you were a doctor. Exactly. I'm huh? I've never heard of this. No one talks about these muscles down here. Of course, uh, of course not. Of course not. They wouldn't. No one's talking about those muscles. Okay. So, but you're different than pelvic floor therapy. So I want to clarify that in the beginning of us just chatting. So you guys are more focused on the pelvis, men and women. Um, and you're really a non-operative approach to finding relief. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we are as, as physiatrists, classically, we are non-operative, sort of like a sports physicians who we focus on the pelvic floor muscles, nerves, and joints. 
So we work in conjunction with pelvic floor PT to really reset and retrain the pelvis. Um, so we're kind of, we, I, we tell patients, it's like, you're like an iPhone. So I'm gonna reboot you and reset that the muscle nerve dysfunction that, go, that comes along with pelvic pain and pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. So that's conceptually what we do. Okay. And so people listening, you know, may not have heard of this type of, they might've heard of pelvic PT, but they may not have heard of, you know, what you are doing. What does it typically entail? Is it scary in the beginning? Like, you know, what, what would be like a first, maybe I'm sure a first appointment would be just general information, but what would happen in a typical appointment to try and, and shift all of what you're talking about? Yeah, no. Yeah. Great question. I mean, yeah, so we would do a standard kind of neuromuscular exam. Uh, however, ours, in addition, would include an internal exam, um, not, not a speculum, but just looking at the muscles and nerves internally as well. And then we, we really are trying to come up with a diagnosis as well as a treatment plan. And um, patients would first start with pelvic floor physical therapy uh, if they haven't tried it already. And then if they have, then, you know, we would initiate other things sooner. Um, but con conceptually, what we are trying to do is we do, a, with pelvic floor PT, a series of external ultrasound-guided hydrodissection uh, nerve blocks with trigger point injections to the levator ana, the, the muscles of the pelvic floor, and sometimes the external rotators of the hip. Um, it's a very gentle procedure that I, I developed essentially for safety and comfort. I mean, patients see us at 8.30 or 9, and they're at their 10 a.m. meeting at work. Um, no downtime. You just sit on some ice for five minutes and keep going. Um, so, so really, it's really working to create space and to really calm down any inflammation around the nerves and, and essentially let your body heal itself. We're really trying to just fix the environment in there um, and eventually not only help with the pain, but improve function and strength because when muscles are in spasm, they're actually dysfunctional and weaker. So we're trying to reset that and um, help with the pain and then, and then get patients stronger. Yeah. And that makes a lot of logical sense. Typically, how long will you see a patient for? Is this like once a week for six months or, you know, what's it, I know it's probably different for everyone, but what's like a duration? Oh yeah, no, it's not different. There's a standard protocol. So it's, it's once a week for six weeks or twice a week for three. Okay. So quite often, if we have patients either coming in, flying in from out of town, we'll, we'll try to do it in three weeks um, or once a week for six. And you see us in physical therapy. So it's a six-week process um, of treatment. And we just treat one side at a time. And again, it's, it's fairly, it's gentle. Most patients are underwhelmed, but it's a process in terms of they're underwhelmed, meaning that was it. But it, you know, right. here, it's just, we, it's a gentle increasing space decreasing inflammation, treating all the muscles and nerves. And by the, it's a trip around the pelvis. So by the end, we achieve everything. And um, yeah, and, long, and then you do physical therapy for another six weeks and then you come back and then that's where we evaluate all the progress. Okay. And a lot of times we give out a specific yoga program, um, more restor restorative pelvic floor focused um, and to strengthen the hip abductors as well, really just to support your, your spine and your hips and your, your organs of your pelvis. Right. And so are you guys able to die? You said diagnose, are you able to diagnose someone with endometriosis? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so yeah, that is, I just described kind of a lot of the, the treatment protocol, the multimodal treatment approach. 
But for the diagnostic aspect, uh, what we see, we see a lot. But for endo, endo is a challenging one to diagnose. It's a silent disease process, as you know, um, and it can be very, very frustrating um, because of that. So a lot of our diagnostics is that we are just highly trained in it and we see a lot of it all day, every day. This is yeah. all we do, right? Right. So um, we just can tell a lot by a history. We do a lot of listening. Um, and a, a good history can really, we, we were, were you know, 95% sure. And then our exam does help us as well. Um, and then we will work with expert uh, gynecological endo specialists if, if needed. Um, but, you know, and we do order imaging. So quite a bit, we will get an ultrasound, transvaginal ultrasound or MRI pelvis with contrast. You know, a lot of times the endo does not show up on the MRI. Sometimes something called endometrioma would. Um, or adenomyosis, which often can come with endo could. Um, so we do a workup if necessary, but we can honestly, we, we can tell a lot just by listening. Uh, family history um, is, is super helpful. And then most patients, particularly if you try our, our non-operative protocol and you respond, we leave you. If you don't, it's higher likelihood because you really, you know, you, you really should respond because it, it, it works. <laughs> so Right, not, yeah, that was gonna be my question well, is, not that you maybe you might know a percentage off the top of your head, but if, you know, someone's maybe never had a surgery, do you see them really, and specifically about endometriosis, do you see that they actually have long-term pain relief? Well, yeah, I mean, depends on the surgeon, right? And, and the type of surgery. So, you, you know, we tend to work more with someone who does lean more towards excision. Excision, yeah. Yeah, uh, but even with you know the, the highest level excision surgeon, there is still the data is a ten percent recurrence rate in five years, right? Yeah. So so it really it really does depend, um, and we you know, we do see people you know immediately post op, and then sometimes we're seeing them a couple years down the road. So so we do sense. we do see everything, and um, yeah, I mean it really depends on on the extent of the underlying disease process. I mean, have you seen patients and been able to help them without them having surgery as well? Yes, we do. And, and sometimes patients, yeah. I mean, when you see us, our first approach is a non-operative approach. We talk a lot yeah. about other than what I just described with the, the injections and the pelvic floor PT, a lot about nutrition, uh, uh, quite a bit about keeping your bowels and bladder under control. So a lot of function. Um, we talk a lot about in intercourse um, as well as um, everyone's meditating. We go through options of how you wanna do your meditating. Is it at home on your own with an app? We use Calm is very good, is a great app. Um, or we have a one-on-one -on -one cognitive behavioral therapist who works with us. She only does pelvic pain. Or we also started a course called Retrain Your Brain, essentially to really help treat that central sensitization. It's eight, uh, five to eight sessions. It's a group course to help muscle relaxation, deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. Amazing. We talk Amazing. a lot about that as well. Yeah. yeah. So how come people, you know, how do like, I, I, I go back to like, I wish I knew you existed, but I didn't, and, you know, as a patient. So how, how do you guys work on getting, obviously you're coming on this podcast, but how do you get the awareness out there for patients, you know, if their doctor doesn't recommend, and I've never been recommended to see someone like you or like a physio or a PT, um, 
pelvic therapy, you know, how do we fix that? I'm sure you don't have an answer, but you know, what are some of the strategies you guys are working on to help with that? Yeah, Melissa, that's an excellent question. We are a new, a new field um, in terms of physiatry focusing on the pelvis. We are, you know, rapidly growing and uh, um, a lot of new physiatrists joining this exciting field. Uh, so, so that is a challenge to let people know that we even exist as an option because we never had existed before. Um, so a lot of what we are doing, we are collaborating closely with local pelvic floor physical therapists because we are really just, we're an extension of a physical therapist. That's how, that's the rehab world. Um, so that's, that's usually the first place we start and we really, you know, collaborate to get patients better and also get patients better faster so that they don't go into that chronic pain cycle, right? That's our whole goal. We don't want you going in that cycle. Um, so that's what we do. And then we also, um, we have uh, physician liaisons who let the community know that we're here. So a lot of OBGYNs, we're just uh, colorectals, urologists, uh, GI doctors, anywhere people with pelvic pain would go. Um, but we are, we are a new option that never had existed until very recently. So, so it is a challenge to, to get the word out there and, and to connect and let people know that we, we do exist and there is, we're the non-operative version. Yeah. And I think what the work you guys are doing is great. I mean, it's, I'm very, you know, grateful to be able to talk to you about all of this. So you mentioned, you know, meditation, diet, inflammation, all of these things. You clearly see a lot of patients and your whole team does. And, and just so everybody knows, um, Allison's crew is kind of all over the U. I mean, you're pretty much all over the U S we have listeners outside of the country too, but you know, so you can find her and we'll go into how to find her, um, and, and her therapist and her, her kind of team. But, um, you know, what are some of the main tactics or things that you've seen that we can provide to people who are listening to this, at least to just get started on their own. So I talk about meditation all the time. It's really, really helped me. I try to do 20 minutes a day. I love the Calm app too. I have Headspace, I have them both, but I, I really do like both of those apps. I think it's really helpful. But what are some of the other things that you've seen that really help your patients initially, even just to get everything a little calmed down? Yeah, you know what I really like is Dustin Miller's your pace yoga um, is fantastic and it can be very specific for either endo or vulvodynia, um, but that she, she really conceptually goes along with what we at pelvic rehabilitation medicine are trying to do, right? We're really trying to calm down any, the nerves, increase space and in the muscles. And then also at this, after that, get a nice lift and support. So she does all that with the breathing. I think that's the best option and it's safe, right? It's very safe, restorative approach. Um, also working on with that diaphragmatic breathing, resetting the, the sympathetic parasympathetic response, um, that, that vagal nerve, which can upregulate the autonomic uh, nervous system. She'll do that within her, her yoga. So I think it's a nice all encompassing way Okay. Um, rather than giving patients 20 exercises to do. That's, and that's such a great referral and people can do it from anywhere. I assume mm -hmm. she's online, YouTube, all of that. Yes. That's wonderful. And then diet wise or nutrition wise, what are some of the things that you've seen that, you know, people either removing or adding or that, that have helped? Yeah, I know. So for endo specifically, we, 
you know, we usually suggest a high, uh, a lot of greens, kale, broccoli can help keep the estrogen under control in your body as it's an estrogen dependent disease process. Um, also, and very important to keep your bowels moving. We talk, a, you know, for us, constipation is the enemy of the pelvic floor and the pudendal nerve. So we suggest magnesium citrate, the capsule form, 400 to 800 daily is a nice gentle way to really get your bowels moving. Lots of water, stay hydrated. Um, we can sometimes, psyllium husk is a nice option as well for the bowels. Um, for the bladder, we talk a lot about the IC diet, right? So you want, if you have a lot of urgency, frequency, stay hydrated too, counterintuitively keep drinking water. Yeah. Um, but also take away coffee. Uh, so any caffeine, alcohol for the bladder issues, also low in, a diet low in uh, citrus foods can also help the bladder. Um, a lot of times it's trial and error, see what works yeah. for you. And then those are kind of the main nutritional aspects that we'll go through with patients. And then overall, the anti-inflammatory diet as a whole for that whole body inflammation because endometriosis is a systemic inflammatory process, right? So, you know, it is important to, to focus on that anti-inflammatory diet as well. Yeah. Um, th th those are the tips that we'll, we'll give. I think those are great. And I, I a hundred percent agree. You know, I gave up dairy and gluten, I don't know, over 15 years ago. And it was really tough in the beginning, but now, even if I accidentally have it, I would never intentionally have it because I instantly can tell that I don't feel well. And I feel that inflammatory process. So it's not the same for everybody, but something that I usually recommend too, is keep a food diary and track how you feel after you eat that food. You know, I, I, I definitely notice correlation and it could even be like, sometimes it was like before my cycle, this food wouldn't bother me normally, but the week before, like, I, I don't feel as well. Maybe it was because I was more inflamed. So yeah. it's so cyclical. The more yeah. I try, it's, 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 it's crazy. I used to get neck and shoulder pain, which is, and, and like rib pain, you know, like the week before my cycle. And I always would be like, Oh, I worked out too hard at the gym. Oh, like, I'd be like, gosh, this really happens like at the same time every month. So then of course I started tracking and it was literally the same days before my cycle every month. So wow. it, so I do, I always recommend, and people always hear me say this on the, on the podcast, but really tracking things have really changed my insight as to what works and what doesn't for me. And it's so different for everyone. Like you said, it's so much trial and error. hundred percent, hundred percent. There's an app called the Fendo app, P-H-E-N-D-O. Our, my, my friend actually, she, she started it and it's, it's great. I think our, my, our patients like how you're able to track their symptoms throughout the month. The cyclical nature is, mm -hmm. is useful. That, that sets it up well. Okay. And so that app is just, I have definitely heard of that app. Is that just a cycle tracking app, but you can also put in symptoms? No. Yeah. And it's symptoms. It's really endometriosis forward, trying okay. to even understand if, if you have it or not, but it's very symptom based Yeah. and our patients, we recommend they do it. And when they do it, it helps us, you know, really understand their, their symptoms at a deeper level as we only have the opportunity to meet them on one day, but we're able to track their entire cycle. Sure. For sure. So going back to, you know, people have surgery and I was telling you that I've never, I've never had pelvic PT. Do you think that 
you know, most people should have pelvic PT if they have endo and, and they've had multiple surgeries. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean, I felt I, like that yeah. might've been a rhetorical question, but I want, you know, it's good to, it is good to hear because I do think that it doesn't get recommended. Yeah, no, it's, I think it should be commonplace for any, honestly, any your, your procedure in the abdomen or pelvis, um, really, um, because it is a trauma or an insult to the pelvis. So yeah. definitely post-operatively, I even pre-operatively, if possible, we call that prehab. Um, but yeah, I would recommend, if possible, come and actually see one of our physiatrists, have a proper exam and diagnosis, and then we can give you a script and you can see your local public floor physical therapist. Uh, but yeah, no, I think everybody should be evaluated. And, you know, it's not just for pain too. That's so it's really, if you feel that you're, you're peeing a lot, so bladder urgency, sure. bowel constipation, abdominal bloating, any discomfort or soreness with intercourse or post intercourse. But so it's, there's really a lot of function involved in your pelvic floor muscles yeah. and nerves. And um, to optimize the function, yeah. it really is important to have it evaluated and then treated if needed. Yeah. And if you've been in this kind of chronic, even like without the surgery, you're in this kind of chronic cycle, like you talked about where you're just, you can't break the cycle if you're constantly in it, right? Those nerves. And again, I'm not the doctor, but just based on like what I've felt personally is like, I can't, you can't get that area to relax unless maybe you have some assistance or someone to actually show you how to do it. That's exactly right. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very challenging. And it is, as yeah. I've, I've been on, on both sides, a patient and a physician, yeah. but when it is challenging, when a, uh, someone asks you to kind of squeeze and release properly, it's, I, you can't see them and you think you're doing it, but really they're not firing and you're not functioning right. as, as you, as well as you could be. And you so, might not, and you might not know it. You right? don't know. It, right. You may think you are functioning properly. Exactly. Or you kind of you normalize because you learn to live with whatever symptoms you have. Sure. Um, but so you normalize it. It's just yeah. me. That's how I do it. But no, no, it can be better. There is a better way. Life yeah. can, can improve. Yeah. That that's great. So great. So how are you guys running? It's COVID right now, and we're recording this. Um, are you, are, if people are interested in, you know, seeing you or seeing some of these wonderful people listed on your website, do you offer virtual sessions or how, I mean, obviously that might be a little difficult, but what are you guys doing in this time period? And then going forward when things start to open up a little bit? Yeah. So we do offer a telehealth option if patients prefer. Um, but then we are seeing patients in the office with complete COVID protocol mm -hmm. uh, with, with PPE and distancing and with just standard sure. COVID protocol right now as, you know, so a lot of times you could start with the telehealth and then come on in. It, it is better for us to actually do a proper uh, evaluation yeah. uh, to the pelvic floor because the treatment can change depending on really what we find there. Yeah, yeah. And can a patient just make an appointment or do they need, a, I'm, I'm not insurance wise, but they, they don't need like a referral, like a, they no. can just, cause you're, your doctors. Yeah. yeah. So they can just yeah. call and say, I want to come see you. I've been having this pain. Yes. Yes. You can call, you can go to our website at pelvic rehabilitation uh, medicine and really there's a contact email. You can just email us and we can call you. 
which Great. a lot of people do, or you can call call our our number as well. Yes, you can just reach out and we'll 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 help set you up. Okay. And then um, the the Rose study. Can you tell us a little? I saw this on your website. Can you tell us a little bit about what this is and how it could potentially help endo patients? Sure, sure. Yeah. So the challenge, as we were mentioning before, with endometriosis, as it's challenging to diagnose it. And what the Rose study is is research outsmarts endometriosis. And really, what we're doing is looking to analyze menstrual effluent and the different biomarkers that may be found in people who have endometriosis and people who don't. So essentially the hopes of asking somebody, okay, take this pad home with you, Mm -hmm. put it on overnight when you have your period, and then we'll analyze it and we'll let you know if you have it or not. You don't have to go through a surgery to figure this out. So ultimately that is the goal goal. we're doing. Yes. So we are co-investigators on the Rose study and um, our, you know, the first paper was recently accepted. So, but we're just going to keep going because the more patients, the, the better. And we actually need everybody. Any female who's having a, who's menstruating can participate. Okay. We okay. think it's for the better of women out there who we really should be able to tell them if they have endo or not without a surgery. What 100%, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, that goes back to the, even the seven to 10 year diagnosis weight. And which is what I definitely had because I was struggling in high school and was told it was normal. So, you know, if I would have been able to do something like that, it really would have changed my life. I mean, it really would have changed the entire course of my life. So such an important study that's also on your website, but I'll link it. I'll link your website and the Rose study in the show notes for everybody. Is there anything else you want to say to, you know, endo patients who are listening, um, last words, kind of tips, tricks, or anything that we missed? Yeah, I just know your own body and, and also speak up for yourself, be your own advocate. Yeah. And just know there are specialists out there. Uh, who really understand endometriosis and its connections with your symptoms and with the muscles and nerves. And there are treatment modalities out there that are non-operative. Um, so, so really seek, seek out help and quality of life and is so important. So you deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't agree. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can't access the sur- having surgery as well too, which is why I think this conversation is so important. So yes. Thank you. Yeah, Allison, this thank you. This is a wonderful podcast. Oh, I appreciate it so much. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us and, you know, giving us a little bit of education about what you do. I think it's really helpful. And, you know, there is, there is a doctor here in Michigan that I think I will go see because, you know, I've never seen anyone in that area. So I think it would be actually really helpful for me. So thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate your support, listening in, and all of your positive feedback. It means so much to me. If you'd like to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. If you could do that on Apple Podcasts, that helps us get more guests, helps us get higher search ranking, and I just really appreciate all of that good feedback because it helps people discover the Cycle Podcast. 
Also, if you want to keep the conversation going, please join the Facebook group. There is the link in the show notes, and it's just a group, a very small group of people who listen to the podcast and guests who have been on the podcast if you want to further the conversation. And lastly, this podcast is not a replacement for medical advice or treatment, so always have to put that disclaimer in there. Please always, always talk to your doctor. And thank you so much for listening, supporting the cycle. It means everything to me. And I just hope that this is helping you and you're feeling okay today. Thank you again. Thank you.